0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the person to, to be honest, I'm probably going to be retiring to a creepy haunted island with Mars! Yes!
1: <laughs> yes! My dream.
0: I know. It started as a joke. Last time it got a little more serious. In the last two weeks, I have started sending you
1: listings of of land. of land <laughs> I'm like, can't you see us on this land because here's also the thing statistically you know women outlive men so at one point we're both gonna be old widows who need to find a house to be to scare neighborhood you know island children yeah, in correct. thinking that we're witches you know and i've talked about this how we take shifts of being creepy in a window and really we're like streaming netflix in the house and buying things off etsy and stuff yeah, but that's the you dream. know yeah well, I mean, I definitely have a full
0: Golden Girls fantasy for sure. Like all of my girlfriends, were all going to be living together talking about the lanai or whatever, but yes. whatever the equivalent of that is on our little island that we're going to be living on.
1: I like, know. Well, and how witchy does it look if we have an actual, like in reality, it would be like a vegetable garden, but we could put weird plants on the outside to yeah. make it look like we're harvesting yeah potion ingredients.
0: We gotta really, have some like carnivorous plants out there <laughs> that are like Venus fly trapping.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're definitely gonna get burned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I too like to live dangerously. Uh all right. Well how have you been? What have you been up to?
1: i have been up to a lot of the same as always you know it's it's one of those things where we we lived in a world where a lot of people lost their jobs at the beginning of pandemic and then somehow everything shifted and it became an employee's market which i am a big fan of just morally but (laughs) as someone who was fortunate enough to not lose their job during covid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i work in supply chain logistics which means i'm like am i <laughs> am I fortunate? I mean uh, I am I'm not trying to look that gift horse in the mouth, but at this point, I'm like it is an employee's market,
0: <laughs> yeah, mm. I mean it's maybe good for the employers to know once in a while that we're you no longer have us over a barrel. You fat cats.
1: I was at one point and still am determined to weather the storm and wait out all this the supply chain issues that are happening until it gets better, right also, there's a part of me that's like or.
0: Or (laughs) Rachel and
1: I could buy a plot of land
0: on an island and run away into the wilderness. Just write and live our best lives. Crochet. It'll be great. It'll be great. Watch horror movies on, on the Wi-Fi. It'll be
1: great. Yeah. I'll just show up in Fresno one day and like, put all your shit in the RV, baby. We're going to an island in
0: Washington. Doesn't that sound fucking great? It sounds
1: amazing.
0: It's the dream right now. Apparently, it's got the climate of the Pacific Northwest, but less rain.
1: Well, and actually what's funny is that I had a friend in college. He wasn't actually someone who went to college with me, but he was a friend of someone that I, somehow I met him through, you know, college friends or whatever. And he, at the time that I knew him, he was someone, his nickname was Angel because he, to to, he used to go to a lot of raves. That was his scene. And he really oh, liked doing that. Set. But he was the guy who would carry the backpack of water bottles of snacks and stuff for people okay. who were like... Who were maybe had done a little bit too much of whatever and needed a break and a bottle of water and a granola bar. You know, he was kinda just known as the guy who was always kinda kept his mind straight and was looking out for people and stuff. But that was his scene. He loved the party scene. He used to go on tour with bands and like, you know, be, you know, a grip on a band's show tour for, you know, however many months he was on the road. (laughs) And then at one point realized he kinda wanted a quieter life. He moved to the San Juan Islands and works on a sea salt farm.
0: Amazing. Where they
1: just farm the sea salt out of the ocean and then sell it and he i constantly see his posts and i know the whole thing about instagram is you only see the best parts of someone's life or whatever Mm -hmm. he posts these things where he's like yeah i used to be into that crazy scene people ask me if i miss it and i do there's a part of me that does but there's a part of me that's like but i love this i love waking up and seeing these sunrises and working at something that feels like i'm doing something and then i live on this island and it's like he's like this is and he's been there for a few yeah. years. And so before even we've been talking about movie two, <laughs> buying a plot of land and disappearing into the wilderness of yeah, the San Juan yeah. Islands, I was like, man, that does sound really good.
0: Sounds <laughs> really freaking good, too.
1: It sounds really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Matilda goes there every year on this annual retreat and has just fallen in love with the San Juan Islands. And she's the one that was telling me about it. So then I, when I did the little search and I saw you can buy land there, I was like. This is all the things we were talking about that we wanted but didn't think was possible. Yeah. Which is to stay on the Pacific Northwest, to have that kind of climate, to have isolation. All yeah. of those things are possible. And then there's the added bonus that if there are surges, they just shut off the ferries. Right, <laughs> And so they kind of have their own sort of built-in bubble there. The larger community is part of the same bubble because they just cut off the fairies.
1: And it's one of those things that I feel crazy for doing, given where I live, but I love doing the thing where you do the massive, huge Costco run and then Uh you get to look at your perfectly organized supply shelter and pantry. You're like, I am done buying chili for like a year, Yeah, you know? yeah. And I do the thing now where I go to the grocery store every week because I only buy what's going to last me for the week because I'm, I, I've am i come to enjoy fresher produce and things. I know. Ah! But, I know. But it means that I have... You can't I buy, live on
0: hot dogs and bourbon alone, my friend. Sometimes oh you need God. a vitamin in
1: there. Growing <laughs> up. But can you imagine that that liquor cabinet that we'd have where we're like, we got to stock oh, up because they shut off the ferry.
0: Our liquor what cabinet I was, will be red-
1: Ridiculous. Because you know what I'm not going to do if they shut off the ferry? Be sober.
0: No. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what th- that just means? We got to get our own still. Ooh. We make our own bourbon.
1: Ooh. I'm oh, just my saying. God.
0: I'm just saying. And then we use those barrels and on my stouts. So then oh. we have a bourbon still and we have a brewery. So there you go. Problem solved. Self-sustaining. That's where we're going to get to. We're going to grow okay. our own barley and malt and wheat. and.
1: This is becoming less of like, oh, that would be so awesome if we could do that. And more of like, I am now really upset that my life isn't that. <laughs> Yet. 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 <laughs> I know, I've i started this mentality where I'm looking at my bank account like, I don't know what I've been saving for all these years, but now I know what it is. Now you know what
0: it is. This it's, is what I've been saving for. It's our for. commune. Mm-hmm.
1: so that I can move to the commune and have a while to figure it out before I find my online remote job. Right. (sighs) We write all our screenplays. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Okay. Anyway. So enough about the future. Let's talk about the now. All right. Our plan for this episode is we're going to be reviewing a movie called the block Island sound. Hence the obsession with islands this week. And it is the movie that makes me worry that maybe my memory problems are not as stress induced as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I have a warm up question for you, but this one requires that we bump up our usual spoiler warning. So before we even get into the warm up question, what is our spoiler policy here on um what podcast am I on? Stream Queens. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> what is our spoiler policy here on the Stream Queens?
1: Our spoiler policy here on the Stream Queens is that we are going to spoil the whole thing. We're going to talk about it from the beginning to the end. We're going to give away that ending. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, now is your time to get out and go watch the movie. It is on Netflix. My personal opinion, don't get spoiled. Yeah,
0: don't get spoiled.
1: Because this comes out of
0: left field. This is not the movie that I thought I was watching.
1: No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, no. 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 It, very much is complete opposite of th- of what I thought we were going yeah. for, I mean, movie. so in every way possible, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yes, so if you have not seen it i I would never ask someone to not listen to the, an episode of our podcast, but you should pause it, go watch this movie, and then come back because yes. you're going to be real upset
0: if you let us spoil it first, and this fo- question I'm about to ask in the warm of questions will spoil major plot points. So, you have been warned. This is your chance to go watch the movie. It's not long. It's like an hour and a half long movie. I think it's worth your time. Go watch it. Come back. And then you can hear this warm-up question.
1: And your, your mind can be just as blown as Hellbeasts was. Oh, my God. Can I please
0: put that picture in the show notes? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. People have had a chance to get out. So, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the warm-up question. All right. If aliens are researching us, what do you think they think our weirdest habits are? And or what is it that you are the most bummed out that they know about
1: you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I feel like, okay. Well, I feel like there are a lot of things aliens would think are is very strange about yeah, us. Yeah. But I think... Oh no! I okay. maybe I'm biased because I think this is something that's very strange about the human race.
0: Okay, okay. But I
1: think I think the things that aliens would find very strange. Like, and I try to think of it as if we were people observing a species of animal. Yeah, and we saw them do a thing, and we're like, "That's so weird that they do that." Uh huh. Gender reveal parties.
0: I, as a human, I agree <laughs> completely. It is gender reveal parties are so fucking weird, dude.
1: It's a strange. It's a. Yeah. It's a strange thing. To the weird blown out extent that they've gotten to, back when it was that first mom who just made the cake, she thought it was cute. That's whatever. whatever. Instagram cute. But to the extent that people take it now, I feel like if you're an alien watching people have whole celebrations, yeah. just to find out, it's not like there are a dozen type of sexual organs that you can have that right. you can celebrate. It's one of two. You know, for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. I mean, there's some
0: variation. But for the vast majority, yeah. I mean, it's also weird because our understanding... It feels like, I don't know, this weird...
1: It's a weird thing because you're celebrating either way. It's not like you're hoping for one and you're like oh it's a boy and then it's like you know people well, are hope. happy. let's hope that's true
0: yeah i <laughs> guess that's true. true
1: they're like
0: oh filthy girl Gross. I, I think
1: that's what's strange to me about it is that it's always people are like well i don't really care what it is as long as it's healthy but we're gonna have this party anyway And it's like you're gonna celebrate either way so why are we setting whole forests on fire for this
0: well it's because it's it's it also it's not really about the baby at that point yeah it's really about an excuse for them to be like,
1: look at us. Look at us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just unbearable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you had a gender reveal party, I'm sure you're a good person deep down. But it's just a, a strange. It's a thing little to me. unbearable.
1: <laughs> Although my favorite, my favorite ones are when you see those TikToks of people who are going to pop the balloon and then the little kid who's going to become the older sibling lets go of the balloon and it just flies away and oh. they're like, "No!" <laughs> those ones crack me. I also like when the cake is just gray. Yeah, and you're like, I have
0: no idea what color this is supposed to be. If I were a a baker who did birthday cakes, every gender reveal cake would be gray.
1: (laughs) You know, and I know people like to find out the gender of their baby before it's born because it's a, you know, it's it's. I would want to know. I wouldn't. I would not want to be in suspense for that long. But I would want to know for my own personal, you know, curiosity. I
0: don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to know the gender of your baby, with the understanding that don't totally know ever until later in life but yeah uh, no
1: that's and I I think because you can't call it gen genital reveal party right although really what it is
0: yep (laughs) (laughs) chromosomal reveal party (laughs) just roll off the tongue
1: (laughs) yeah it's not quite instagram cute
0: no no but i it does sound like a really good skit. I feel like there's a joke in there. You could go some places with. But yeah, i think that's a great call. gender reveal parties are wild.
1: It's a it's a strange tradition to me. Yeah. I mean, i kind of in the same way that birthdays are kind of strange to me where it's like a congratulations you lived another year. Mhm. I, I mean, and i know i know mostly it's the reason why people have birthday parties now is different where it's like I want to have a party because it's my birthday and it's my yeah. special day. And it's the day that celebrates me.
0: Yeah. And I get
1: that. And I'm it's the like worst. People... I'm totally.
0: It's my special day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I know a lot of people are probably like, I am, I'm glad this person is alive. So let's celebrate the day that they became alive yeah. in the first place. And that's great. You know, whatever. But yeah. it just, and for some reason, for the longest time, for some reason, my understanding of birthdays was, and you lived another year. And um. as I've, gotten older and met more people who actually enjoy their birthday i've realized that that's not necessarily what it mm-hmm. is always but that's why i thought it was weird for the longest time i was like so are we just celebrating that you didn't die
0: for me it's also an excuse when my friends have a birthday to be like i get to spoil a friend and be mushy with them
1: yeah and i yeah like i said like as i got older i realized oh it's it's really just is it because i always to insist cel-
0: on celebrating your
1: birthday? <laughs> yes <laughs> To the point, do you remember the first time when you are yes. like, I want to do something for your birthday, and I was like, alright, you're picking me up, you're dropping me off, and I'm not making any decisions. Also, like, you remember how I
0: found out what your birthday was? No. I, I made your my boyfriend, your boss, look it up in, in the HR thing. <laughs> I was like, I'm finding out your fucking birthday. <laughs> you will be celebrated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, you held to all of the parameters I gave you. Yes. You picked me up, you dropped me off, yes. and you didn't ask me to make a single decision. No, it's about- You just brought me places, and you're like, and now we're doing this. I'm like, that's dope. Let's go. And I go. also
0: kept your birthday to myself, because you didn't want everyone knowing. I kept it a secret, but I was like, listen, you're my friend. I'm going to celebrate you. Get over it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, that experience made me realize, oh, no, birthdays are about just celebrating a person yeah. you care about. Yeah. You know, like- doesn't have to be weird or like i mean well i'm gonna make it a little weird because it's how i operate
0: but it doesn't have to be painful it can it can be fun if somebody (laughs) hears what you need
1: and delivers on that it can be fun uh well you know and that was the year that i started having birthdays that at the lowest rated as well that was fun you know i mean it stopped being like well That fucking sucked, which was like all of my birthdays previous.
0: Yeah, I mean, a birthday can go fucking wrong. Don't get me wrong. A birthday can go very, very wrong. And these last few in the quarantine have sucked a million butts. However, like we said, this is the new normal. So we're going to figure something out for this year. I'm going to be in the Pacific Northwest around that time. So we might have a slightly belated birthday for you, but it will be observed. All right, cool. So let's get into this. We are going to be, as I said, we're going to be reviewing... The Block Island Sound, and this was a me pick, and I picked it, honestly, I honestly just picked it because it was on our two watch list for the end of the year, and it was one that Ariel had had given a a good recommendation to, and I have to say, I thought it was a completely different kind of movie, and so I had been kind of like, eh, whatever, I'll get around to it when I get around to it, and had I actually known what it was about, I probably would have picked it a lot sooner, but also I'm kind of glad that I didn't know what it was about because it was such a fun reveal. And I can say, right? as a, I can assure you that other parties in this house were delighted
1: <laughs> <laughs> when certain plot points
0: were revealed.
1: Uh, yeah, I can imagine that being true, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. All right, so let me give you a little background information on this movie. The Black Island Sound was written and directed by Kevin and Matthew McManus, a.k.a. the McManus Bros, which I don't love, but... I do like the things that they have made, so we're going to let them have that. <laughs> Together, they directed a series of shorts and a film called Funeral Kings. They've, they've also written episodes of Da Vinci's Demons, Cobra Kai, and one of our all-time favorites, American Vandal.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: which are, I love
1: American Vandal. <laughs> I
0: know. I remember I was like, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And then you watch an episode, and you're like... Oh my god! <laughs> I told you, it's
1: amazing. It's so good, so good.
0: And their episodes actually earned them an Emmy nomination. So,
1: oh, nice! It's
0: pretty dope. So. I'm going to go into some information about the background of this movie, and I'm going to include some quotes from the directors themselves. So I want to quickly credit that all of these quotes come from an interview with MotifRI.com, which is like a local Rhode Island publication, which is where these guys are from. It's called The McManus Brothers Sound Off by David, I'm going to probably say this wrong, Elaine Anello probably wrong sounds good okay good all right so they told them in this interview basically that the impetus for this film actually came from an experience that the two of them had back in college while they were shooting a zombie movie on the block island in winter basically it's a huge tourist spot during the summer but during the winter it's totally abandoned and it was cheap to to shoot there and it's just all the trees are like stripped of all their leaves and it's just really sort of a desolate look place and they kind of fell in love with that and they were like okay you know we've got to do something bigger here longer here something real and so this idea for a movie that takes place in this location has been in their heads for years and so in 2019, they finally got their chance to activate on that. And they shot from April to May, which apparently started off as ice cold and ended super freaking hot, sweltering hot. They yeah. said, <laughs> we only shot for 15 days, but and how did we get summer and winter but no spring (laughs) but then i guess that's about right for rhode island (laughs) i know nothing about rhode island weather but that is not making me want to move there
1: i don't know anything about rhode island weather specifically but i do know some things about the new england area Uh weather, and that sounds pretty spot on (laughs)
0: my poor little like bay area native self cannot (laughs) hang (laughs) so the film itself is actually very much a family affair their sister michaela played the main female role in this audrey and their mom makes a cameo and their childhood friend came on as a producer of the film Oh, wow. And that's not all. Oh. And I think this is really cool. There's one more cameo that you may not realize is a cameo. So as Kevin explains, the monster sound you hear is actually one that was really hard to pin down. We had written it as some kind of gibberish in the script, and everybody kept asking us, so what is this sound going to sound like? Nothing was quite working, and eventually, right after we were done shooting the film, that September, I had a daughter. So we took a break from filming for a minute, and when she was about seven months old, she started cooing in this high-pitched, guttural way, in little short bursts, really high-pitched. And if I slowed it down 15%, percent it had this almost crocodilian growl to it. Suddenly, you get this really organic, creepy, otherworldly kind of sound that is really hard to put your finger on. And of course, it's just a little baby. It was exciting to give my daughter a debut as a monster.
1: That's amazing. Oh, my God. Isn't
0: that so cool?
1: I love that. Because
0: the monster sound is really, really creepy, I think. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I would never have guessed that it was baby coos.
1: Right. (laughs) It was. (laughs) It's one of those things where you find out that, is it the T-Rex or the Velociraptors or something in Jurassic Park was actually, like, tortoises. Was that true? Oh, my God. Yeah, one of the sounds is actually tortoises mixed with, like, a whale or something oh, it was something crazy, crazy. Like, and i think it was the t-rex rumble was an elephant oh. like just doing that you know i don't know sorry i'm diving
0: no no, no. i lo- it's like uh with game of thrones with the dragon sounds we're just layer upon layer and layer and layer of all these actual animal noises yeah, oh, it's so cool. Fuck that show. But also, the dragons were
1: rad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the film pre- premiered at the Fantasia International Film Festival on August 28th in 2020. And then it was released on Netflix in March of 2021, which is how we watched it. It is still currently available to watch on Netflix. And I highly recommend that you check it out before we go any further. Because if you thought we spoiled it before, get ready.
1: the whole rest of the spoilers are coming yes
0: so on that note Marzi, will you do me a solid and give us the synopsis for the block island
1: sound so this movie starts off creepy right off the bat we open with tom waking up on his boat to the sound Mm -hmm. and He's kind of disoriented. He looks... I liked that his eyes were super bloodshot, but you you don't... It's not such in a way that you're like, there's something wrong with him. It's maybe like, well, maybe he's an alcoholic, or maybe he is a drug addict, or maybe he didn't get enough sleep, or maybe he's had a head injury. But it didn't look supernatural. But he's got very bloodshot eyes, and he pulls a leash out of the water with an empty dog's collar on it. No! And you and I... You and I had this conversation when you picked it, that how there's probably going to be a lot of animal death in this movie and we that's where we start
0: <laughs>
1: is i mean luckily not on screen right off the bat but implied
0: yeah dog death. i would say well i was gonna say it's mostly implied but i guess not really
1: <laughs> yeah well the first one is implied <laughs> yeah 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 Something's going on with Tom and that sound. I honestly, like the first time I heard it, it took me a few times. Of, actually, I think it took me until probably when Harry is dealing with it that I was like, oh, it sounds like a a rumbling stomach. Because I thought this was going in a very different way. But anyway, so it's a a very, it's a very primal rumbling sound kind mm-hmm. of or growling almost. Yeah, it's a very good sound. Crazy that it came out of an infant. But, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I, that's why I had to share that with you because I was like, what? That's insane. What? Yeah. <laughs> so we next meet Tom's son, Harry, who's in a bar hanging out with his friends he's kind of bummed out because i don't know i think it's just that sort of small town island life that he's tired of but he's with his friends including his buddy dale who's a conspiracy theorist Hmm. Mm-hmm. i love dale Dale's- dale cracks me up
0: right so that he's played by this actor named jim cummings who is also a director and he put out um, one of my favorite movies last year called the wolf of snow hollow i probably recommended it to you if you liked dale in this you should absolutely watch The Wolf of Snow Hollow.
1: Uh, you've actually never brought this movie up to me before, but now I'm going to have to watch it. Is it streaming on something right Probably, now? Probably, because it's been out for at least a year.
0: And it's about... Okay. A, he's a small-town sheriff who is on the verge of a nervous breakdown and there is a werewolf on the loose in his town and it stars one of the guys from american vandal which as i'm saying this out loud there's probably some six degrees of separation here and that's how he ended up in it and it has a great ending (laughs) but he's really really funny in it so i would i would recommend it also in the same interview It was funny because they were talking about all the ways that this movie is weirdly prescient, and one of the biggest ones was the Dale character, and uh, I don't remember which of the brothers said it. They were like, I thought when this movie came out that the reviewers were going to ding us on Dale's character because this guy doesn't exist by the time this movie actually came out, half the country had become conspiracy theorists. And he was like, ooh, we were a little more dead on with this character than we thought we were.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's funny because I saw Dale's character in this movie and I was like, yep. Yep. Everybody knows that yep. guy. Uh-huh. Everybody knows a Dale. Uh-huh. <laughs> everybody knows a Dale. Yes, they do. Uh, no, I loved Dale's character in this, especially since, and I mean, we already gave multiple spoiler warnings. But when it gets to the end and it's like, Dale wasn't that no. wrong. You know, no,
0: he seems like a nutcase. And then when you get the explanation, you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Dale.
1: But uh so leaving the bar, Dale convinces Harry to give him a ride home. And I love this conversation in the car where we're kind of just getting more of the fact that Dale is a conspiracy theorist. But I love that moment when Harry's like, No, I'm just tired of you talking about, you know, and he's listing up conspiracies and he's like, and like lizard people. And Dale's just like, Are you crazy? I don't believe in lizard people. (laughs) That would be so out of character. I don't believe in lizard people. (laughs) (laughs) But while they're driving, they hit a bird, Mm. and it is still alive. And here's well, I mean, okay, so I, having talked about the description of this movie, I was expecting a lot of wildlife Mm -hmm. death. But the fact that they get out, and Harry's like, "Where did it come out? Where, where did it even come from?" It's like the air, bro. Like it's a, it's a bird. <laughs> <laughs> you hit a bird, but it, you know, and Dale picks up the rock where he's like, "You got to put it out of your misery, or out of its misery." That's the courteous thing to do. But it dies on the windshield, and Harry is just really alarmed that a bird flew into his windshield. I As mean, yes, you which, would be. <laughs> I mean, I'd be upset, but like I wouldn't be flabbergasted. Like that kind of stuff. Happens. Yeah, i guess
0: that's true but
1: anyway so harry drops off dale and he gets home where he finds just some strange shit going on in his house the fridge is open his dad is nowhere to be found and he goes out in the backyard and his dad is kind of just staring at the neighbor's dog and the neighbor's dog is barking wildly and we hear the noise again and it's mm-hmm. one of those things we hear the sound but because harry is not reacting to it You know, it's kind of implied that it's not a sin that's happening, but someone's hearing it and we're just not. I mean, it's we know it's Tom because he's the one who's having an episode. But Harry thinks Tom is sleepwalking. And so he wakes him up and he's like, you know, you got to quit drinking so much. You're sleepwalking. Next thing you're going to be sleep driving You're, you know, whatever. And he puts his dad to bed. Then his dad is trying to just be like, ah, whatever. I'm fine. You know, get get the fuck out of here. But the next morning, Harry wakes up and both his father and the boat are gone. So he's radioing, trying to find his dad. And meanwhile, we get a scene of his sister, who no longer lives on the island. She's got her daughter on, I'm guessing like the mainland, because they take a ferry to get to this mm-hmm. island. And she's being called in to investigate a strange, all I can call it is a strange fish occurrence. <laughs> I don't know. She, like, <laughs> Yeah. She works with the EPA, and she's trying to convince her job that... She can send out this guy, Tom, that he's fully, you know, he's capable of handling the situation on his own. And she's got her daughter and she doesn't want to go. But work is telling her that she needs to go. She needs to take Tom and whatever. So she decides to take her daughter to the island to investigate this strange Mm -hmm. fish occurrence. And while Harry is discovering his dad coming back with the boat, they get a call from Audrey telling them that she's going to be on the island. And her dad's trying to act like, oh, oh, that's great oh, I'm great, and Harry's just like, you slept, drove the boat, and now you're trying to act like everything's cool? Mm-hmm. Like, shit's not cool, dude. So Audrey and Emily, her Audrey takes her daughter Emily onto the boat. They meet up with Tom, who's her assistant, or someone who works for her or with her. They're going to the island to investigate this strange shit. They're um, picked up at the ferry by the local island sheriff, who's telling them about how recently They've just had dead fish show up, and they're trying to figure out, you know, to what extent. And they're like, how many dead fish? And he goes, oh, nine or ten. And they're like, fish? And he goes, tons. Nine or ten tons. Nine or ten tons of fish. Yeah. (laughs) Which we then see as they're walking down the beach, and it's just covered in dead fish. And you're kind of like, and "And uh, you brought your kid to the dead fish island? Right, right. I understand. Oh, you had to bring your kid to the island because you can't leave her home alone. But like your brother, to dead fish, beach. I feel like you get a babysitter before you go to dead fish beach, or maybe you stop at dad's house and leave her like, with grandpa. What if it has some and sort then of go check out airborne bot? Dead... Vo- vo- you know what I mean? I don't... Yeah. Well, that is... she has to tell her daughter, like, oh, don't touch that. I'm like, and she's touching the dead fish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So they all end up having dinner at Tom and Harry's house and Tom is super awkward about or, uh about uh oh god what's his name the I think I've been calling them both Tom I suddenly realize <laughs> the guy the Paul Oh wait are you talking about the employee
0: Okay hold on Yeah go, wait, wait.
1: I think I've been calling okay, them both Tom back. You know I'm not great with let names me open.
0: I have the doc with everybody's name Let me go let me go to it Let me scroll up. Okay, so the brother is Harry and the employee is Paul? No. Wait. wait, Okay. Let me zoom in on this. Okay. Harry is the brother. Tom is the dad.
1: Paul is the only other one that I. Paul, I think, is the employee.
0: Yeah, Paul's the employee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I was calling them both Tom for a minute. Only the Ah, dad is Tom. Dad is Tom. I knew that. But then I, anyway, so they all have dinner at Tom and Harry's house. And Tom is super awkward about Paul and Audrey can share a bed because Emily needs a father figure. That is really awkward, dad. That is really fucking
0: awkward. Yeah.
1: But, you know, Audrey's like, he's my employee. I can't. That's so, that's so wrong. And so she takes Paul back to the ferry. He's his, Paul's plan is to take the ferry back and forth every day and not stay on the island. Audrey takes Paul to the ferry and leaves Emily with Harry, who's trying to teach her how to night fish, but then dead fish show up in the river or the inlet in front of their house. And so he's like, oh, let's go catch frogs instead. That's Mm -hmm. super gross. Audrey comes back. Everybody goes to sleep. And Audrey is awoken by Emily screaming because Tom has wandered into the room in sort of like a trance Mm -hmm. state. And what Audrey walks into is actually so fucking creepy Because Emily is just sprawled on the ground and Tom is just standing there staring. And something about the placement of people, it just was so unexpected. It's not like we saw Tom struggling to pick Emily up or Tom and Emily struggling or something. The fact that Emily's just lying prone on the ground screaming and Tom is just standing over her doing nothing. Something about it was so unnerving. Especially in retrospect
0: because you know where it's going.
1: That makes it right. even – so you understand
0: yeah. it looks wrong. And then when you know later what was actually happening in that moment, it's really disturbing. The reason she's on the ground and screaming is because he's
1: grabbed her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Tom kind of comes to and doesn't really seem to remember having been in the room. And so they – Attribute it to Tom sleepwalking and Emily had a nightmare and Audrey's not convinced, but Harry's, you know, trying to rationalize, I guess, you know, so, but Audrey decides that they're taking off in the morning and Harry's trying to convince her not to because she hasn't been back a lot since, you know, their mother died. And he's saying that it would really hurt their dad if she left, but she's, she's, she's pretty set Mm -hmm. on, on leaving. Okay. So. Later, or that next morning, Audrey's packing to leave, and Harry's trying to convince her to stay, and he's like, did you tell him? And she's like, oh, he's not up yet. And Harry's like, oh, shit! And so he checks on him, and Tom is gone. You know, he's st- he kind of finally confess- confesses that, well, maybe, he- I mean, he takes the boat out early in the morning to go fishing. And Emily's like, no, I saw him leave at night. Uh, it was dark out. So they go out to try to find Tom, and instead they just find his boat and what Harry believes to be the signs of a struggle. The sheriff's office thinks it was an accident you know they're trying to be like well you know maybe he drank too much and went out on the boat and fell over that thing you know those kinds of things happen which Mm -hmm. really offends harry and assuming that his father got drunk and went out and you know but they're not willing to bring out criminal investigators because to them it doesn't look like any sort of criminal activity Mm happened it looks like an accident audrey is on their side with it and she you know she makes a comment later to paul about how like even when, you know, their mom smoked two packs a day and got lung cancer and Harry still wanted to sue the hospital Mm kind of thing. And so she's like, it's just the way he reacts to things. It was an accident. He fell overboard. So Audrey is still involved in the whole fish escapade business. And Paul's, you know, got people in, you know, rightly so, in hazmat suits collecting dead fish for samples and things like that. And, oh, I missed something. We should go back. Uh, so the night that Harry takes Emily out to night fish, and then when they find the dead fish, and he's like, well, let's try to catch frogs in the marsh. And she catches a frog, which she keeps in a jar, and Emma, Audrey discovers in her backpack. And they have a conversation that at the time I was like, okay, this going to mean something, but I'm not sure what yet. <laughs> and, you know, Audrey's trying to tell her daughter, like, well, don't you think his family misses him and you should let him go? And Emily brings up, well, you take fish out of the ocean. And Audrey's like, well, yeah, but we take some, you know, she's trying to do it on like child level where she's like, well, we take some brave fish so we can study them, but we put them back, you know, so that we can learn more about the fish so we can help them. And Emily says, yeah, but some of them die. You don't put all of them back. And Audrey's like, well, we put most of them back. And that's important Uh later. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so Paul is helping a team on the beach collect dead fish when Audrey shows up and he's kind of like, you don't need to, you don't need to be here, you know. You're dealing with stuff with your family and things. And she goes, no, you know, I want to be here to help. And that's when he reveals, oh, well, you know, Harry came by and asked to borrow equipment. I thought you knew. And he asked for scuba gear. And she's like, I had no idea. You gave him scuba gear? And he's like, well, I thought you knew. And then we find out that Harry is, he's already taken his own crime scene polaroids Mm -hmm. of the boat. And now he's out on the boat in the ocean. He's scuba diving in. I understand grief does weird things to people. and Thinking that you as one person is going to scuba dive 48 hours after someone supposedly fell into the ocean in the spot where they fell off and find them is, it's pretty Mm -hmm. delusional thinking. But he's out there. He's scuba diving for evidence because he thinks someone attacked his dad on the boat. You know, he's finding things that he believes to be evidence, but he goes into the water and is himself attacked Mm -hmm. by something. Hmm. And he wakes up hours later on the boat with no idea of how he got back onto said boat. But he wakes up, and now he has the bloodshot eyes. And, I mean, we already kind of knew going in that, I mean, at this point, it was something like my assumption was that it was something in the ocean. And, you know, in the very first scene where we meet Tom and Dale, do- uh, Dale is talking mm-hmm. about toxoplasmosis mm-hmm. and cats and parasites and things. So I was like, okay, so it's like an ocean creature that puts a parasite in you to control you and get you to feed it. It's Mm-hmm. What I thought, then what it looks like. So, Tom comes back clearly affected by whatever was affecting his dad. And a sign that the sound is happening is that it interferes with electronic equipment, where it starts making electronics malfunction and things like that. But then the sheriffs, the, the two local island sheriffs, find Tom's body washed up on the shore. And he doesn't look great. When Audrey and Harry are asked to identify the body, Harry's biggest problem is the fact that Tom's head and face is severely bruised. And the coroner is trying to tell him, like, well, this can happen, you know, when a body's in the ocean, Mm -hmm. it's rocks. You know, it's really hard to tell what happened. And Harry's not accepting that, where he's like, what do you mean it hit rocks? You know, because he's still on the train of somebody did this to him. Audrey is very much just accepting that her, their dad fell into the ocean and drowned and you know, But she's trying to talk Tom down from, you need to stop believing that somebody did this kind of thing. But that's where Tom's at. Tom starts having a real rough time <laughs> with stuff, just in general. Hearing things, seeing things, not feeling super great. He's getting a little bit more influenced by Dale, who's telling him stories about whole flocks of birds falling out of the sky and how Dale's been tracking all these things and different... He knows a guy who found all these dead birds, things like that. And it kind of sends Harry into like a uh, who is Pepe Silvia kind of room where he starts tracking things on a map <laughs> and getting really into Google searches and then throws up parasites Oh, in my God.
0: Sink. This. So this is the <sighs> kind of movie I thought I was going into. And I was like, mm, okay, confirmed. Mm-hmm. But those, I've seen some upsetting parasites. There was something about those that were the worst.
1: They were really like half
0: worm, half segmented. There was a side of them that kept fanning open.
1: (laughs) I can't take it. I can't take it. Yeah. And they were big. big. Like, yeah. But then, you know, this is one of those like, was it a dream? Because then he wakes up very suddenly in his bed, but he's also uh, copped up some stuff on his pillow that's not great. So, you know, something's going on. Eventually, so they have Tom's funeral. Where Harry's having a real hard time with things and just sort of not in an irregular I'm at my dad's funeral hard time, but something's going on with him, right? And so he has to leave. He runs into Dale and he they both you know, he's getting more and more convinced by Dale that something's going on, things like that. He goes to the grocery store because Audrey had mentioned that the place where they're holding the wake doesn't have a kitchen, so they're gonna have to bring food. So it's on Harry to go to the grocery store to get food for the wake, where he just has a full on weird. Again, it was one of those things like I was still thinking Mm -hmm. parasite. Because all of a sudden he's just dumping raw meats into his. When when he asked him how
0: much of a ham, he's like, all of it i was like oh damn
1: yeah and that sound like i said earlier kind of started reminding me I was like oh it's like a growling stomach so he's filled with the hunger because that's what a parasite does is it latches on and eats your food instead of you so right. he's just constantly hungry you know kind of thing among other things so i was like oh it's a parasite thing because he just fills his cart with raw meat but then he also grabs 30 limes and some weird stuff and I was like all right well i mean maybe we're just getting creative whatever and he tries to leave with everything without pain because he's in the trance And so he doesn't really realize until the grocery store employee stops him that he's fully stealing, you know? And then he just kind of lets it go and returns to the wake without food, which everybody's irritated at him. Not a lot of
0: grace for someone who's just lost his father, I gotta say. Everybody's a little too hard on him.
1: Yeah, and especially since what happens next is that just absolute jerk who's at a wake, who went to a funeral, followed by a wake... And then audibly accuses Harry of murdering his father so that he could get the house at the, wake. at the wake. I was like, that is so classless. That's horrible. I mean, you can have your own theories on what happened, but it's not even like there was circumstantial evidence or any kind of evidence. Like he just starts talking. So anyway, Harry gets pissed off and punches him out and ends up ends up in jail. And there were times earlier that we talked about or we heard mm-hmm. about Harry's short temper. And things like that, and how living on the island maybe is making him become a certain kind of person, kind of thing. But when uh, Audrey picks him up and he tells her what happened, and she actually sympathetic to him and is like that, fuck, like I can't believe that happened, you know. And they have a heart to heart finally, where Harry reveals that their dad had been blacking out, had been sleepwalking, had been forgetting things, and that Harry wasn't sure if it was dementia or old age, or if he was losing his mind, or whatever, but that Tom had sworn him to secrecy, and that he wouldn't go see a doctor, and he wouldn't let him tell anybody, and Tom is filled with guilt for having not told anybody, because he's like, maybe if I had, this wouldn't have happened, or, you know, if I'd asked for help, then this wouldn't have happened, and it, that's a very heartbreaking yes. mm-hmm. scene in this movie, because, you know, grief does a lot of weird things to you. I, I say that a lot, but it's true, you know, and one of those things where you're just like, there are a million ways I could have changed mm-hmm. this, and that's not true. But he's in that phase where he's like, I could have kept this from happening. And then he confesses that he's starting to have the same, the, the same symptoms. And so he's thinking it's like a genetic thing where it's like whatever his dad had, yeah. he has. So he agrees to start seeing doctors and getting the tests because he's also starting to hallucinate his dad. And that's yeah, gross and scary. Yeah. And, and
0: I, I have to say the casting of this guy is so good. He's so oh. creepy.
1: Yeah, I had that thought the whole time I was like, I feel bad thinking this guy is creepy because I'm pretty sure that's he's probably I mean, maybe 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 it's a compliment to his acting.
0: I mean, he also stars in one of their other another film they wrote called 13 cameras where he's a creepy landlord who's watching is so I think maybe that's his shtick a little bit is to be a little creepy. So well to well done. Good job. You did it.
1: But also maybe it's like a compliment to his acting skills. Maybe he's a jolly old man normally and then he can just pull out this creepy dude. If that's the case then I don't know. You did it. (laughs) Mission success.
0: (laughs) Accomplished the mission.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did it. Read the notes. (laughs) Accomplished the assignment. (laughs) So while Harry's getting an MRI the sound starts happening and he freaks out and leaves. And he You know, uh, the doctor tells both Harry and Audrey that she had another patient who she diagnosed as having this really rare condition where electromagnetic waves affect their brain and gives them things like headaches and blackouts and hallucinations and stuff. And he doesn't own electronics. So if they want to ask him about it, they have to write him a letter. And Harry doesn't want to do it. Audrey really wants to talk to this dude, but she has to write him a letter or go find him, it turns out. Meanwhile... Harry has decided to go out for a drive and he's starting to when the dad appears, so he's driving and a deer stops in front of the car, and Harry stops and he's honking his horn trying to get the deer to move, and then his dad appears in the truck with him and just starts saying over oh, and over this is so creepy. Especially when it happens the second time and then the third time where it's just he just keeps saying deer, deer, dear. dear, dear. And Harry goes into the trance and hits the deer, loads it up onto the boat, and takes it out to the rendezvous point, where he kind of just wakes up on the boat, mm-hmm. unsure of what happened. Drives home and the sheriff comes in to ask questions because he's driving by and he notices that Harry's bumper is just completely fucked up and covered in blood, and that there are empty beer cans in in the car or in the truck. So he thinks, you know, he hits someone and he's kind of doing the like, you're going to kill someone, you got to be careful kind of thing. And Harry doesn't really have any recollection of it. He kind of vaguely remembers hitting the deer. But that's about it. So at this point, Audrey decides that she's going to go find this guy who lives out off the grid, away from electronics, and leaves Paul with Harry and Emily. Oh, I think before this is when Harry gets the dog, right? the dog, Oh, so Harry starts hallucinating, but he's trying to wear headphones Mm -hmm. because he's trying to block the sound out, but it doesn't work. So he starts smashing all the electronics, and while he's out there, sees the dog. Hallucinates his dad. Dad is just saying, dog, dog, dog. So Harry kidnaps the dog, takes it out to the rendezvous spot, and this is when we see for the first time what happens. Where all of a sudden, things start flying up into the sky. Which at this point, I was like, oh, that is the exact opposite. Of what, mm-hmm. of what I thought this was. Like, I was out expecting, like, watcher. something to come out of, like. <laughs> Not
0: from yeah. a home. And that's what I mean. This movie is the opposite of everything I expected.
1: Yeah. So everything starts flying up into the air, including the dog, which I'm glad. Because we knew. Oh, God. I was so dreading this. I was so dreading watching what was going to happen to the dog. I really thought it was going to be Cthulhu tentacles coming out of the water and grabbing it and dragging it in. And instead, all we get is the faint, blurry shape. And and the dog's gone. (sighs) And also Harry. Harry gets sucked up into the sky, too. But is returned. So, I mean, he wakes up on the boat again. But... This is that scene where I was kind of watching and like, wait, what kind of movie is this? <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I was not mm-hmm. expecting aliens. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So Harry sacrifices the dog, lands on the boat, goes home. Sheriff finds the car, the blood, the, you know, whatever. Okay, so after the deer and the dog, Audrey decides that she's got to go out and talk to this guy, because... She thinks Harry's losing his mind. It might be the electronics. She doesn't know, but she's got to talk to this guy. So she leaves Paul with Emily and Harry. She drives out to find this dude. She has to take the ferry to the mainland to find him. Two two scenarios are happening simultaneously. Audrey has found this dude. He lives in a camper, and he makes her take off her watch and leave her cell phone in the car because the electronics are bad. And then it's weirdly super creepy to her, but it's giving her, you know she's asking him about this condition meanwhile paul is trying to so awkwardly but really sweetly trying to do the like hey guys it's just a normal night you want to watch a movie we're not- i'm not here to babysit both of you i'm just mm-hmm. here to hang out right and so he's trying to watch a movie and harry's losing it meanwhile this guy is telling audrey about how it's not a condition where electromagnetic waves affect his brain and that it's he just kind of points to the sky and he's like they're studying us they're fucking with us they want to know what makes us tick they want to know what we eat and what we do and they're going to ask him to bring them things and eventually it's going to be a fucking person and he like says yeah some to some really creepy shit or he's like you know talking about animals and he's like and then all of a sudden there's a homeless oh woman in the backseat of my car you've got to stop him
0: <laughs> i thought you were creepy yeah. when you were forcing me to drink alcohol but you have leveled up my friend
1: yeah yeah and he's like you gotta stop him you gotta get him out of there because it's gonna be people someone's gonna die so audrey is more Mm -hmm. freaked out by this dude understandably so she leaves she has to wait on the ferry meanwhile harry and paul and emily are in the house and the dvd player isn't working and the sound is happening and harry's losing is absolute shit and by the time audrey gets back paul is knocked out and or dead i'm not sure i don't think we ever see paul again so who knows and harry and emily are missing Harry is piling Emily into the car who immediately, or into the car, into the boat who immediately like hides below deck and Audrey gets through just in time to jump aboard as Harry takes off and he's in a state he's in a trance. They just take out into the ocean. Audrey tries to fight Harry. A tussle ensues but she ends up below decks with Emily and then they make it out to the rendezvous spot and things start just floating up into the sky again so emily and audrey are in the below deck cabin kind of area but the door flies open and so it's that they're both i mean and they're both being pulled towards the ceiling it's just that emily is further inside and clinging to ropes and stuff uh audrey's closer to the entrance and is clinging to a lamp which eventually breaks and she shoots up into the sky and emily is left alone in the boat this is the part that so, I've been trying to say for years that Hellbeast watches scary movies with me. <laughs> Particularly scary movies. Her favorites, generally, are haunted house movies, but she has no interest in comedies, she has no interest in dramas, she has no interest in historical pieces, but if it's a scary movie, like that video I sent you, the way she sits, yeah. kind of curled up against the pillow, that's how she comes up and she's, when she realizes I'm watching a scary movie, she'll just quietly come up and sit like that and just watch. And she loves the haunted house movies the most. She's not a big fan of uh, thrillers or slashers. Oh, but this she part, is wh- like and I mean, and I, I, people are like, "Oh, look at my cat
0: watching the movie." Blah, blah blah. You see that stuff, and you see pictures of cats looking at a TV. She is engrossed and watching it like a person watches it. The same wide-eyed, like "Holy shit!" look on her face.
1: And you can see her starting to breathe faster and faster as the scene escalates and more things are happening. And you saw the part, like, I panned away to show the screen on the on my laptop and then panned back just because she does this thing where she shifts herself. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You know when you watch something that you're, like, is making you tense and you kind of have to reconfigure, like, oh, my oh, yeah. God, oh, my God. She shifts herself when she gets, and she's like, oh, my God. And she gets more tense, so she'll, like, grip under the pillow more or something. It's crazy, and I've been trying for years to catch video of this because it's insane and last night was the first time in 12 years that i've actually caught it on video for watching a scary movie with me
0: legitimately watching the movie i'm going to i'm gonna upload it as an unlisted (laughs) youtube thing so i can link it in our show notes because it is wild she is watching that movie
1: i can't assume things But I feel like she knows what she's looking at. It's crazy. And she does this for so many movies that I watch scary movies where she's watching and I can see her. Oh my God. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy that I caught that video. And that's not even the best part. That's not even the best time I've ever caught her watching a movie with me. But, like, it's the only time I've ever caught her on video.
0: (laughs) It's amazing. It's really cute, too. (laughs) On top of it, it's
1: just really,
0: really cute. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then she was so upset after the movie that she had to like cuddle because she was like, I don't like it. Am I going to get sucked into the sky?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really something. Even in the photo, she does look rattled. She looks rattled.
1: Yeah. She was unnerved for a long time after that where she just needed to be close and she was and she kept looking up at the ceiling like oh <laughs> God, I mean, like it's not going to happen. If she's trying to it convince us she's not movie. just a
0: person hiding in the body of a cat so that she doesn't have to work, that is not how you go about it. I know. <laughs> it is sus behavior. <laughs>
1: I, you got to play it a little bit more cool, kid. Okay? Like, Helbies, because
0: no, 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 you're not no, selling no.
1: it. <laughs> anyway, so just at the very end, Paul... Oh, we do see Paul again. I forgot. He does wake up, and he gets the, the island police, and they go out, they find the boat, they find Emily, they recover Emily, and then we get... <sighs> just oh, thalassophobia realized. I know. Oh, my God. All the shots of Under the Water, and it's Audrey's voiceover about taking fish out of the ocean, and the brave fish goes so we can learn about them and then we put them back so we can help all the fish and then audrey falls out of the sky and lands in the ocean
0: end of movie yes all right Island. what did you think of this movie
1: i a hundred percent did not a hundred percent aliens a hundred percent left field no at no point did i think it was going to be aliens until things start yep. start getting sucked into the sky that I was like yeah oh right because it starts with things aliens? like rattling on board like, and I was like
0: oh it's the vibrations of something underneath the water right and then
1: things right, start yeah. to
0: lift off and I was like
1: what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it's so
0: fun to be surprised to that degree it's fun I don't know <laughs>
1: It's good! It was really good, and especially since it was, yes, completely left field, but it didn't feel like a desperate left field. You know, you watch movies where, like, the reveal is something completely opposite of what it had been alluded to the whole movie, and you're kind of like, oh, that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Even the left field turn feels just desperately Uh trying for shock value, Uh -uh. and this didn't feel that way. This just felt like, no, all the clues were there, you just were interpreting them through a different lens. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. You are the one who walked yeah. in, assuming it came out of the ocean. Uh-huh. I never said it came out of the ocean. You thought it. You know, that's how it felt. Being like, we never said it was an ocean thing. You know, and that was, and it was so effective. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good because it was shocking and surprising, but also like, like didn't feel, yeah,
0: like,
1: yeah, it didn't yeah. feel like a random Absolutely. rabbit shock. And, and the thing is, is I was trying to figure out
0: how do you, how do you reconcile this potential parasite thing with the way that we're seeing the how it impacts electronics and ultimately I feel like all those puzzle pieces when you finally get that missing piece they all still work together
1: yeah because I also was doing the same thing where I was like a ocean creature but interfering with electronics but then I was thinking well you know there are all those ocean creatures like eels yeah that's true electricity to hunt and things you know, or jellyfish or things like that, where I was like, yeah, I mean, it's feasible that I guess maybe there's going to be some connective tissue that I don't know yet that would cause it to to interfere with electronics. Or maybe it's like a frequency thing, you know, like a sonar thing or something. But as soon as it was aliens, it was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: And I think that it's fits. really clever. I don't know. i I was really surprised by how much i liked this even though i knew that i had heard it was good i've watched a lot of sort of parasite movies this year we watched two for zombie girls and i also watched sea fever and it wasn't that long ago that we watched the what was it the beach house so i kind of was going into the sneaking it's a genre i like but there aren't surprises to be had here. So when it completely caught me off guard and right. we went in another direction, I found myself sort of cheering for this movie because it really it really took yeah. me places I was not expecting to go. And I also thought the lead up to it, all of the performances are really great. All of the people feel like you know, this, the directors, writers, directors are from a small town upbringing in Rhode Island. And you can feel sort of the DNA of that lived experience in the movie with all the kind of very grounded in reality characters that exist in this. You can see the person that left to follow their career, the person that got stuck in this small town and is resentful about it, but in no way wants to change. And then just sort of the weird local flavor of people. And I think that it manages to kind of create this actually kind of fully realized world because all of these characters feel kind of like people that do exist. I don't know.
1: I I really liked this
0: movie quite a bit.
1: I did too, and I think, yeah, the way they set up this little mm-hmm. world, right? Because yeah. it is very—it's an island; it's very separated from the rest of the world, and it seems like, yeah, that's exactly where the aliens mm-hmm. would do their samples, right? From a low population area that people are not going to, right? You know, notice right. or talk about or whatever. And I mean, the uh-huh. only thing that kind of lost me a little bit was that. Everything that the aliens were having Harry do seems incredibly malicious. The whole time leading up to, I thought it was a sea creature. I thought it was a sea creature using, especially since we talked about toxoplasmosis in the beginning where the cats get brain dead humans to just feed them fancy feasts eight times a day, as Dale says. I thought it was an ocean creature putting parasites into people Mm -hmm. so that they would bring them food because he kept bringing dead animals out there or live animals. He brings bringing animals. So that's kind of what I thought it was. But then when we get the Audrey's voiceover happening at the end about taking mm-hmm. fish out of the ocean to study them mm-hmm. so they can help all the fish, I'm not sure how the two – the two are Except not fitting for together for me Except for it's well. infecting their, their brains like, to
0: make them bring specimens instead of food to them.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't read it as specimens. I was still was like, it feels like they're just making them do Well, no, because the murders, guy in the things. RV says
0: they're interested in what we eat and what we do and they want to study us. And so it's bringing them animals to look at, people to look at, the kinds of diets that they're eating. It's all, it's all material. It's all like research material, like how biologists will study animals. They also study their diet. They study all of that kind of stuff. So you got to think about it like they're basically all just data, essentially.
1: Okay. Because I kept thinking and the fact, and I mean, I understand that probably it was alien interpretation of. Well, we're going to send you the image of your father because we have observed familial ties to people. But of course, it's interpreted in a much creepier way because they don't understand. That person is dead. Seeing them again is not comforting. You know, growling at me to take things. So, uh, you know, but it just seems so menacing and so threatening that it it seems malicious. And so at the end, when we get... The Audrey voiceover of "This is for so they you know her whole thing and we take some fish and Uh study them so we can help all the fish." I didn't really get the message of they're doing right, but I mean to the uh,
0: the fish that
1: she takes out of the ocean,
0: they don't see that as benign; they see it as menacing. So we're the we're the fish, right? We're the fish.
1: So yeah, I just wasn't sure if I was supposed to be left with the feeling of. Oh, they're doing this study well, I mean, study who's to say us? what their motivation I'm still is? i left with a feeling point is,
0: I don't know that they – I think you could even just assume that they're just studying us to know about us. Whether it's to help us or to not is secondary to the fact that if you're on the other end of that
1: microscope, it's going to feel very sinister. So this is a tangent, but it's related. I'm reading a book right now. That's about. It's called the Commonwealth of Thieves, and it's about the history of okay. um, Europeans populating Australia. Uh-huh. And it's actually really well written. I mean, it's oh, a, it's, it's I'm a sure fucking it's awful tragedy. genocide. Oh. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fucking awful. But the way it's written is, it's. I'm one of those people that like I like to read nonfiction, but I need it to not be super dry. You know, otherwise I'm not interested. And so the way it's written is really interesting. Where they actually took the Transcripts of people who actually went and followed them through what the records are of what they lived and stuff and who died and everything and whatever. But I got to a part where in order to try to understand the natives of the land, they kidnapped one. And they were like, they kept him as a pet, basically. And were trying to show him like, look you can wear clothes like us and use tools like us and eat with a fork and a knife, just like yes. us kind of thing. And it's disgusting, you know, but I had that same feeling where it's like, they kidnapped this man to try to understand his culture and to get him to understand theirs. But from right. his perspective and his family's perspective, Correct. he just got fucking kidnapped. They went into old journal entries from people like the Europeans on the side who were like, I don't understand why he's so upset. We're feeding him food. We're putting him up in a house. We put him in clothes. We gave him a bath. I don't understand why he's so mad. I'm like, because you fucking kidnapped him. You forcibly removed him from his home and his family. That's exactly
0: correct, right? It's a matter of perspective. And that's what makes it interesting. It's a horror movie from our perspective. It's just run-of-the-mill science from
1: the... Yes. It's just science from the aliens. It's horrifying that I can draw human parallels of the times when different... Yeah. races of people did the same thing to other people we were like i don't know i don't understand yeah. why he's so upset we're just trying to teach yeah. him it's to be it's like us like colonization is a yeah. horrific fucking thing <laughs> it's like original sin <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean right. hot take, rachel <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> I know. whoa I know. back I'm up your opinion on that Taino's one please <laughs>
0: but yeah i don't know i thought this movie was really interesting and especially now you've got me thinking a little bit through like a colonization lens it's even got more to say than i thought but it's it's i think great eco horror i think it's kind of timely in that it gets into these ideas of conspiracy theories and whether or not conspiracy theories how much weight they hold and in this case
1: quite a bit yeah or even this last summer my mom went on a trip to idaho Where every year the federal wildlife and land preservation organization does this thing where they go through this certain area because there's this rabbit species there that's getting kind of decimated by disease. So every year they go out and they herd them up and they check them for disease. They vaccinate them for the things that are killing them off. They check them for, you know, ticks and parasites and things. And they tag some of them so that they can track populations but oh, it's got to be horrifying. the same fucking thing imagine if you lived in a neighborhood where once a year giants came out with nets took you from your home did medical examinations on you injected yep. you with a you don't know what put a tag on your ear yeah. and then released you back into your home yeah. that's terrifying. yeah it's all just a matter
0: of perspective and that's what what one of the things i think is just so interesting about this movie
1: you know, the people who are doing this with the rabbits are doing it in order to try to preserve the rabbit population. And because they're basically turning a lot of their environment into, like, mm-hmm. uh farmland. And these rabbits can't survive. They need a very specific, like, ecosystem. And it's getting decimated. And so they're trying to figure out what the numbers are looking like to be like, yeah, we need to n- not kill all these rabbits kind of thing. But, yeah, from the rabbit's perspective. Horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying. I mean, even the way
0: she gets dropped off at the end. Yeah. It's like catch and release, right? But they just dropped her in the ocean. So... Yeah. <laughs> you know she's gonna and they keep harry yeah they keep harry yeah I, mean, I hope she makes it back to land but it is more likely she's gonna end up like her dad which is a very disturbing way to end the movie yeah but yeah yeah i don't know i i would like it i would i recommend
1: i also liked this movie i know uh i think your next question is would you recommend this yes to people uh and i would i definitely would to horror fans with the disclaimer, it's a little bit slow at times. Mm. And I like a slow burn movie. Yeah. I love a slow burn movie. So I was into the pacing. But I know there are some horror fans who need slasher pacing. Yeah. This is a little slow. Yeah.
0: God. But I, I, I was like, this is speedy compared to the art house crap I normally watch. <laughs> this thing zipped along for me.
1: I mean, yeah. But I think it is on the slower side, yeah. but it's so good. Yeah. It's, and the reveal is so fucking slap in the face out of nowhere. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. And Hellbeast. Hellbeast gives a, it 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. She's so cute. <laughs> into it. And when I told you, like, I'm not going to send you the video until you watch the end because it's the end reveal or whatever. But I was like, she is transfixed because she was transfixed. She was transfixed. <laughs> that is the correct word. So, yeah,
0: I would also, I, I give this a pretty blanket recommend. This one feels like an easy recommend for me. I thought it was unique and really creepy in parts and had a really fun reveal. What more can you ask for, right? So, yeah, this is an.
1: That, and the, the child actor who played she's Emily. great. Great. She's great. Child actors are so, like, I get nervous about child actors. Of course. But the girl who played Emily, amazing. And
0: adorable. Yeah, she's great. And adorable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now if you were going to watch this movie again, what beverage would you par- pair with it?
1: I know this is a little bit out of character for okay. me. Okay. But for some reason,
0: okay, this
1: movie makes me want to drink a really dark stout.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Like something that just is dark and heavy and you drink slowly but like savor
0: it yeah yeah uh-huh. and yeah. if it's a high enough abv you're gonna blast off
1: <laughs> yeah and at some point you're it and you're like i'm good i'm good and then you stand up and you're like whoa
0: whoa, whoa. i'm gonna take off my pants <laughs> 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 excellent all right great okay we don't have any listener feedback this time but if you would like to reach out there's lots of ways you can do it and we'd love to hear from you you can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com, or you can come on uh the facebook and chat with us over on the facebook page or you can follow us on twitter and instagram at zg podcasts. if you love the show Do us a solid and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your pods. If you're looking for something else spooky to watch tonight, you should check out our video-on-demand and streaming calendars at the Zombie Girls website. That's grrlz.com. And if you're looking for something to treat yourself or another, it is the season of gift-giving, check out our awesome merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you really love us and you really want to support us, you should definitely do that by going to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls. The bonuses include things like extended episodes on every show on the network. This time we're going to be talking about alien abductions. And, of course, and also we have something really fun coming up that for patrons specifically. We are doing our very first ever... Live Christmas special. That is correct. If you are a patron, you get to watch us record live. See how the sausage is made. See all the things I make Ariel cut out. See them happen live and be, turn into a pile of shame because of the things that come out of my mouth. But yeah, we're going to be having a lot of fun. We're going to do our countdown of our favorite kills of the year. We're going to have special guests. Mars will be there. I will be there. I will be there. The zombie girls will be there. And like I said, some more special guests that we're still lining up. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to shoot the shit. You can chit chat with us. It's going to be great. Eventually, we will release the audio for everyone as a Christmas special. But only patrons at any tier can come in and watch the live show and interact with us as we record on December 23rd. That's right. Christmas Eve Eve. So clear your schedule. Join the Patreon. We're going to have a ton of fun. All right. So that just leaves what we're going to be doing on the next episode. Now, Marzi, it's a you pick. Any idea what you want us to watch?
1: Okay. So what I am picking to watch next is a Netflix movie that Mm -hmm. I keep kind of meaning to watch it because it keeps showing up okay I, I don't know but i just haven't gotten to it yet but it's called no one gets out alive
0: Ooh. okay so i know you usually want me to pick things you want to pick things i haven't seen before but this is a movie that i have seen but i'm dying for someone else too so can we please still do it even though i've seen it
1: yeah okay good <laughs> Yes. i mean okay so my goal is always to pick movies that you haven't seen because that's my ultimate victory but i'll take i'll take one that you just need someone else to see to talk yes. about. Because, I mean, yes. remember when and I, te- that time I did, what was it? Rim of the World yes. or something? Yes. Yeah. So. I, I mean, like... I need someone to see
0: this for a reason other than that.
1: <laughs> but it's one where, <laughs> like, if, if I were to dream. tell you
0: why I need other people to see it, it would ruin it. So I just keep going, like, this is an interesting movie. You should check it out. And then nobody takes the bait. So and the fact that you have come to this movie is very exciting to me.
1: Okay, perfect. Oh, now I'm excited. Okay, now I'm really excited.
0: Good, 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 good. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you have a synopsis or anything for this bad boy? The Netflix little tagline is, Desperate and without documentation, a woman from Mexico moves into a rundown Cleveland boarding house. Mm-hmm. Then the unsettling cries and eerie visions begin yep <laughs> it's i mean who i think this is it sounds like it's gonna be hell beast's favorite movie haunted house so huh I'll let her know when I'm watching and make sure Mm -hmm. she's present because these are her favorite movies, the Haunted House ones. Make sure she's present for the very end (laughs) because it's the very end that kind of makes the movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm actually really excited about this now.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so everybody, watch that. Come back in two weeks. Unless you are sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to be doing a little UFO talk, then I think we're done. Except for, I guess, Mars.
1: Take us out thanks for coming back folks go on netflix watch no one gets out alive rachel's already seen it but i have not and i'm very fucking excited right now so watch the movie come back in two weeks where you get to hear us talk about it and that's all folks (laughs) Night. bye everybody
0: thanks everybody for listening and to mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for the show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode,
1: UFO edition. <laughs> <laughs> I am also two and a half white claw surges deep, so this will be... Surges! So you're
0: like... 16 percent alcohol at this point yeah i think
1: because a regular white claw is somewhere between four and five and these are eight so this is really like five uh, white claws
0: yeah that's my girl <laughs> that's just efficient
1: drinking <laughs> that's what the patrons are paying for is for mars on five equivalent white claws <laughs> I can't
0: wait to see what you roll out on, on the uh, Christmas special. <laughs>
1: we're
0: we're going to all be drinking on that one. So it's going to be like, because we'll have just wrapped up with, everybody will have just wrapped up with work and like finally be set free, like caged animals. I think it's going to be mental. I can't well, wait.
1: <laughs> after we do our Christmas themed episode where we both taste test the holiday Trulies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will still have...
0: A lot of truly Twelve
1: Trulies left. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So I might be bringing those to the party. Excellent. All right.
0: <laughs> so let's talk UFOs. I'm going to start off. You know, I love a quiz, right? We got to find yeah. out who you are. I, it goes, dates back to like my teen years at slumber parties where we would give each other's quizzes about like, what kind of girlfriend are you? I think that what? this scratches that weird teen itch. Only this time, I'm going to be asking you some <clears throat>, probing questions.
1: <laughs> Nicely played. Very nice. <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to find out, dear listeners, has Mars ever been abducted by aliens? I'm going to ask you these questions covering the signs of com- that are commonly associated with alien abduction to determine how likely it is that you have been amongst the stars. And I am not talking about you know, that time that you saw the guy from uh, <laughs> What's-His-Face at the deep? My ultimate
1: shame. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is a different kind of uh, star. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> also, shame. Okay. Before we start, uh, these symptoms I found were given by actual ad- ad- abductees. So I haven't made up any of them. Also, a lot of these signs could obviously be caused by other things, so don't take it too seriously. Whether you believe in this stuff or not, this quiz can still be fun. First question. Have you ever experienced lost time, i.e. minutes, hours, even days where you don't remember what you did?
1: No, I'm going to have to go with no. Like, because there's like the regular stress kind where you're like oh my god i like where you kind of remember the fact that you drove home but you're like "Whoa! i oh and i'm home i should not have been driving you know uh-huh, like after, uh-huh. home from work or something Or you're yes. like i was so brain dead i just drove home from work mechanically but it's not like actual like i open my eyes and i'm in a new place four hours later than the last thing i remember so no, i'm gonna have okay. to go with no
0: okay how oops Oh, let me. have you ever found unusual marks i.e. cuts scoop marks etc on your your body especially the ankles wrists or back it can be any mark you can't explain really
1: yes all the time but i have very low spatial awareness i bruise very easily the weirder the weirdest one and i sent you a picture of this one so it was mm, like, i was gonna say like let's not forget about the triangle yeah and especially since one of them faded and no longer is there but I sent you the picture. You have the picture. You I do. So, but there was once for, you know, the re- I sent that picture to you and just you. So the rest of the existing world has does not know what I'm talking about. But there was a time where we were doing the podcast and it was the summer. And I looked, I was wearing shorts and I looked in and I realized I had matching triangle freckles on the insides of my thighs. Where I had two in a line along my thigh and then one up towards like the top of my thigh And they matched up. Like, they lined up with each other. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, that's weird. And then, like, a week later, the ones on my left thigh faded. And all I have is the top point one and Mm -hmm. one of the corners. Like, one of the corners faded, but then disappeared. And the other two are still there. But, like, uh, I sent you that picture. I was like, I just noticed the weirdest fucking thing, Rachel. I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Plus the fact that I have several freckle configurations on my body that are actual constellations mm. so you are a star child I, my friend we've talked about how I have the like not just the big dipper on my upper arm but the surrounding stars on mm-hmm. my upper arm that like actually match up with where things are in the sky and I have some Yeah, on my face
0: you weren't you so you like, abducted by aliens you were you were abandoned. By I aliens. was created I'm a map <laughs> you are a star child <laughs>